As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. At so many turns, I really do understand why the NFL was enamored with the idea of adding a 17th game in an 18th week to the NFL regular season. In theory, I get it. And this year, it gave you Chiefs Buccaneers. That's that's fun. We, we like that. But then sometimes you get to the week before the game on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and if you're myself, Joshua Briscoe, and that man, Nate Taylor... Sometimes right before the show starts, you just go, yeah, all right. I mean, we'll find something to talk about because I will be honest with you, dear listeners of this wonderful program, listeners of Times Ours. I'm not sure I've got the X's and O's for the Houston Texans ready to go this week. I, I got some stuff from the Chiefs side that I'd like to see, but the Texans are running out two quarterbacks and everybody else is hurt and uh, they're not a very good football team, despite almost beating the Cowboys last week. So almost, Nate, almost doing a lot in that sentence. Almost, almost. Ah, Nate, you you've been in the building for the pressers. Like Ooh. even those have been weird. Like <laughs> Justin Reed got up to the podium and talked like a man who had been told how to talk again. Uh, today we get assistant coaches, which I personally really do enjoy because I like to hear some of the little nuances of the position yes. groups and everything. Yes. We got a lot of assistant coaches lately, and I'll tell you what, none of them went out there and said, we're going to beat some Texan ass this week. So I just I just don't, even those questions from you guys out there, pressers, were, were I think mostly about, you know, individual players and growth. Yeah. And the right. season as a whole, uh-huh. nobody out, nobody at One Arrowhead Drive is scouting the Houston Texans from the media side, as far as I can tell. <laughs> so, what is this week, Nate? Um, so, so you mean to tell me you don't want my breakdowns of Jeff Driscoll? <laughs> you don't want my breakdowns? Come on, man. Um, look, at one point, Jerry Hughes could have been on the Chiefs. But now he plays with the Houston Texans, so you you know that that's a storyline, right? I mean, sure, I yeah, mean, right, <laughs> yeah, right off a of one A. Um, we're gonna get real heavy into like inside the business and the mm-hmm. sport and the industry. Um, I know we do have like 
legitimate things to talk about. Like, there's some news, but none of it's about the I mean, Texans. I mean, Steven it's all Nelson, just Chief stuff. Stephen Nelson's on the roster. <laughs> Tremont Smith's on the roster. Tremont Trey Smith. Smith is a Texan. <laughs> Tremont Smith had two interceptions last week. You clearly didn't. He was no hey guys. He clearly wasn't in the film room this week. Oh no, you, no, you I know wasn't. What? By the way, Tremont Smith still fast. Hey, kids. I had no idea that he had two picks last week. I had no idea that he was a Houston Texan. I, I can't say the same about Steven Nelson, but I will say this about Tremont Smith. If you're fast, you can stay in the league. Tre- Tremont Smith may have a 10-year career, guys. I'm not joking. I hope that's true. I love I love Tremont Smith. And he's, and he's improving in terms of ball skills, but, man, when the ball's in his hands, it's like, ooh, can you do that again, Dak? <laughs> do it again. Yeah. It fun. Hey, uh, hey, yeah, give him another crack at this. So, um... Here's a little inside the press room uh, okay. for the Chiefs training facility. It was today, Thursday. Um, Steve Spagnuolo walks to the podium, and we got to talking. And it's like, hey, man, you know, what happened there at the end of the first half against the Broncos? And he basically was like, look, we should have tackled. I could have called some different plays. Can we just hold him to field goal next time? And then I felt a little tap on my right arm from the left arm of Haley Lewis from Channel 41. She could not believe. Kind of like I just um, told you that Jermon Smith was on the Texas, Josh. Yeah. (laughs) She pointed at her laptop. And I was like, what? Like, did did something happen? Is something something breaking on Twitter? Like, what, what was going on? And she pointed to Taylor Stallworth. <laughs> yep. He on the Houston Texans. <laughs> that was what? That's all that news to me. They cut him like an hour and a half ago. They did. He. This man had a great pass rush, a quarterback hit, and in any other decade of this sport, he yes. would have been congratulated and given high fives and said, hey, man, you forced Joe Burrow into an incompletion. By hitting him, technically sound, but also you landed on him, which means in this era, that's roughing the passer, which means you do not get any more snaps. We do cut you and we move on. So look, if Taylor Stallworth has a good game, we all know why. Yeah. And if he knows, you know, some of the, blocking angles, some of the run scheme, some of the play action tells, you know, just, just be aware of that as you're watching on Sunday. If Taylor Stallworth has a good game, by the way, also questionable. Um, cause you know, NFL December. It, cause, cause every single Everybody. person is. <laughs> Nate Taylor, tired, questionable. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Briscoe doesn't know who's on the Houston, Texas Questionable. Not a, not a clue. Um, I, guys, we're, we're trying. We're going to try really hard for yeah. less than normal time, but we are going to try to, I guess, prepare you and hopefully inform you and, like, hopefully entertain you to some extent. All oh, I'm, I'm not worried about the entertainment part. That's That part comes easy. All, all I'm trying to say is Haley Lewis was like, didn't I just see Taylor Stallworth? And I was <laughs> like, it was yeah. this month. Yeah, it was. So, 
we're all learning new things here and yeah. all I'm trying to all I'm trying to inform you is um Jordan Atkins very good player capable tight end Laramie Tunsil I mean questionable will he play who knows mm-hmm. some of y'all think Laramie Tunsil is better than Orlando Brown I guess we'll find out on Sunday um Davis Mills man I thought they had something last year and then everybody yeah. looked at film of this year and yeah um, we have found his limitations. Uh, You're talking about a guy that's going to have a 15-year career. Oh, like Davis Mills will be I on mean, a roster for 15 years. I mean, look, if Charlie Whitehorse can ha- can be clipboard yes. Jesus, can Davis Mills be analytics backup? I mean, come on. Um, man, remember when O.J. Howard was something? Oh, yeah. Like, they got guys. Like, don't get me wrong. Rex, Burkho- Rex Burkhead can still... Um, perform at a high level. It sucks that we probably won't see Damian Pierce, who's been that's what excellent. I was gonna say. It's like, oh well, at least we got Damian. Pierce. Nope, we nope. don't. <laughs> He's doubtful, guys. Um, Brandy Cooks still getting them paychecks. Salute, salute, sir, salute. Um, so I don't know. Him. I don't know, Josh. What are you gonna talk about? I know it has nothing to do with the Houston Texans because um, yeah. checks the standings. They are one, eleven and one. Who who do they? Oh, that's right. They tied with the Colts on opening day. Oh, and we wonder why Frank Wright ain't got that job no more. At the very least, at least their at least their uh, record is kind of like fun to write down. You know? <laughs> it is gonna be like annoying when I have to type it on Sunday, regardless of the outcome of the game. But they're all ones. It's just ones and dashes. Like I think it's that's basically like that's uh, basically binary. I don't know. Um, oh man! So there, there are several things that we will talk about here today that are about the Chiefs, and you, uh, you got me. I mean, absolute, absolutely red-handed. I did not sit down for an afternoon of Cowboys Texans. Um, I don't remember when that game was. I, I mean, you just I was watching to. Red Zone, or if that was opposite Chiefs or whatever. Yeah, the the benefit from being in in the Bronco Stadium was that it was part of the early slate, so we saw some of the most compelling play calling at the goal line will lead when everybody realized, hold on, the team with the ball is not supposed to win. And the team that doesn't have the ball is supposed to win. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) It's fourth down. Um, By the way, Joe Cullen today, the defensive line coach for the Chiefs, basically said that the Texans should have won the game. He is correct. The Texans had the ball at the goal line up late in the game. Josh, do you want me to read you to play by play this nonsense of a game? Yeah, it deserves it. It's it's worthy. All right, this is probably the last Houston Texas thing we're gonna get at. <laughs> <laughs> but it is I mean, you kinda you should watch if you have NFL Plus. I mean, you don't purchase it for Texas Cowboys. No, but if you, you have it. Don't. Knock yourself out. Um, so I, I watched this live in the moment, and I rewatched it, of course, uh, to get prepared for this lovely podcast. Um, so basically, they have the ball at the goal line with about five minutes left, up three. So if they score a touchdown, it's a two-score game. The Dallas Cowboys would have to move heaven and earth uh, to win this game. They had second and goal from the five. Uh, Driscoll short pass to Moore to the Dallas one-yard line for four yards. 
It's third and goal from the one, Josh. Rex Burke, Rex Burkhead. You want to make him Rick Burkholder so I bad? I really do. God, he's dang it. Rex Burkhead on the right tackle for negative two yards. And if you watch that play, it's looking like they didn't even want to block Dexter Lawrence. <laughs> so now what do you do, Josh? It's fourth and goal from the Cowboys three-yard line. A field goal, as we all know, does you nothing. Nothing. Um, I'm putting well, the ball in the hands of Jeff Driscoll is what I'm doing. I mean, there's, <laughs> I only see one way forward here. <laughs> This man did a turn my back to the defense bootleg like it was going to be wide open. And also, they didn't really block anybody. So, the point I'm trying to make, ladies and gentlemen, is something that Harold Coots from Fox 4. By the way, this is a shout out to friends and, and family of... <laughs> Chiefs Media Week. Oh, um, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. That's really <laughs> every station we're gonna we're gonna. We're gonna I'm gonna name everybody. This because this, this is one of, this is one of those weeks. This is one the, of those weeks. The the people around you matter. You know, this yeah. is in the middle of an offensive line right now. You got to suit up with those people every week. Look, Harold made a very great point. <laughs> this man said he drove to Union Station as part of their pregame coverage to tell the lovely folks of Kansas City, that the Houston Texans will be here. And when he meant here, he meant Union Station. Because, ladies and gentlemen, yes, they will have the number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Oh, my goodness. Hosted at Union Station in Kansas City. That's so funny. And at that point, I said, bravo. You, you sir, are a professional journalist. That man found the angle. He like, really did. That is, he found that it like is, he was... Like he was Rafael Nadal on the clay. Like, how did he see it? How? That's, I mean, seriously, you could have given me a hundred years to set up Chiefs Texans before I ended up thinking, <laughs> well, I guess we could do like a live shot from Union Station because they're going to have the number one overall pick. That'd be pretty funny. That man is both a professional and a savage. And that's what it takes <laughs> to come up with that idea. So look. Did you call Demarcus Lawrence Dexter a second Dexter ago, by Lawrence. the way? I don't, doesn't matter. I mean, really. <laughs> Does it? I, mean, I can let that one go, but that was that was my retort for not know my own self for not knowing that Traymond Smith was a Texan. Yeah, I mean, look, it it happens. Um, Long week, fourth and three from the from the three yard line. Uh, quarterback right in on a boot uh, for one yard. So they give it up on downs. They immediately give up a touchdown drive of checks notes ninety eight yards. <laughs> In less than, I don't know, a couple minutes. If the Chiefs lose this game, the Chiefs fans are going to put you and I in exile. We are going to end up on a foreign island somewhere, a a deserted island just on a beach, which right now during Chiefs-Texans week doesn't sound so bad. Look, 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 guys. I'm just stating factual We are getting run out of the city. Hey, hey, the team is 1-11-1, and I didn't say that they were on the number one pick. I'm reporting to you that Harold Coontz said <laughs> that they're going to host and own the number one pick in the upcoming draft. Um, so, look, I watched the game. It was actually kind of entertaining. Um, and who knows? You know, maybe the Texans scored 23 points on the Chiefs. Who's to say? Uh, you know, um, the Dallas Cowboys clearly weren't focused um, at times in the game. But also the Houston Texans were made aware that 
They cannot win any more games. They have no incentives to win games. Mm-hmm. And they scored zero points in the fourth quarter last week. So just keep all that in mind as you watch Chiefs Texans on Sunday at noon. Here, here's my connection point to the Texans for the Chiefs, like in general here. Um, and there's some more stuff from last week that I, I kind of want to revisit a little bit. So that's why we're going to have plenty of Chiefs stuff to talk about. The Chiefs are interesting. The Chiefs aren't the, aren't the problem in this equation. Here's here's what I will say is it would it would go quite a long way for me. Maybe not a long way because it's still the level of competition. But like the Texans are an NFL football team, even if only barely. And if the Chiefs could just go out there and play some easy flowing stuff, stifling defense, if the running game just moves, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't get hit all day, if the Chiefs could just win this game like a team that is nine, I guess eight and a half wins better than the Texans, that's all, in the macro at least, that's all I'm looking for, is is please just don't make this any more grueling than it has to be because mm-hmm. this one's supposed to be lopsided. Right, and it, look, if you want a comparable, uh, this game was played on November 27th. The Texans played the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins scored 30 points in the first half, packed the car, didn't try to score again, and look, they won... 30 to 15. Um, I think most Chiefs fans will take that um, immediately if you gave them the option. Like, hey, get up 30 by halftime and then call off the dogs, get some rookies, some reps. Um, You know, can Chad Henney throw a football in this game? You know, you know, that, that kind of question. But I completely understand that that's probably what the team wants because Skylar Thompson, the backup quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, threw five attempts in the game. Hmm. So, look, Houston's not trying to win. It's on the schedule. You're contractually obligated to do it. So you might as well do it well um, and be a professional and move on to the next game, which, you know, we should give people a quick shout-out here. Um, Look, man, the fantasy football playoffs start this weekend. and. Mm -hmm. Brock Purdy's my quarterback because you know the Lamar Jackson thing is 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 a uh, he's hurt right now. Um, Brock, if you got anything left in that oblique, now's the time, <laughs> son. Now's the time. Um, so I'm already you know invested to watch Seahawks 49ers because obviously the Chiefs play the Seahawks on Christmas Eve, the date that you mentioned earlier, Josh. But also, um, hey Brock. Is he gonna play? I guess I'll I'll be checking my phone periodically, or I might need to make a a, a trade in. Well, I guess pass a trade in our league. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm I, yeah, what is your? Oh boy, oh, I got boy. Trevor Lawrence. Um, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I might fine. I might have Who to go got? that route, but you know, it's just fun when like an entire fantasy football season comes down to Brock Purdy, um, who played well last week and did. Just fine by my team. Yeah. I think that this show becoming a fantasy football show for like 15 minutes in the middle also feels right for the week that this is. The Jags have the have the Cowboys. So, yeah, that might Trevor Lawrence versus Parsons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, I don't love that for you. Yeah. Who's the Cardinals backup? They got the Broncos. That's no good. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Derek it's Carr a- available? Oof. He's, he's, on, he's on somebody's team. Surprisingly, so you're you know. in a 57 team league. How are you on Brock Purdy? 
Because he was Taylor, like... Taylor Heineke gets the Giants, Sunday night football. Go pick up Taylor Heineke. Done. End of, okay. end of conversation. Okay. Game over. Now, now I want to do... you know, Let I'll, your season ride on Sunday night football with Taylor Heineke. Oh, that oh, oh, come on. How good is the NFL? What else could you ask for? And... Just, you know, thank you to Nate Tice, Robert Mays from the Athletic Football Show. Because that's the reason I I, I I signed up for Brock Purdy. Because they were like, he's going to do well, guys. Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing. And looks and, and they were right, at least for one home game against the Buccaneers. Um, so I was hoping he would be a spot starter. Not He's going you to might lead have him us. tonight still. You know, he's going to lead us into the playoffs, which might actually be the actual 49ers. Perfect. He's going to lead us to the playoffs. It's absolutely perfect. Um, I have a, uh, I have, I have a serious question for you that I can ask in a silly way and in a serious way to see okay. if we can get some big J journalistic insight on this game. Ooh, let's do it. The the sarcastic way of asking the question is: Andy Reid going to call any of the good plays? <laughs> and the, the serious version, the serious version of the question. <laughs> I didn't is, see that one coming at all. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, because because the <laughs> the follow up for that. me. Is 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 this gonna look like a preseason game? Is this gonna be some like vanilla stuff? How and really honestly, how far can you can you push that as as an NFL team? Like, right? Are the are the 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 common Andy Reid plays better than most teams' rare plays? Is that is that a kind decision of. that they would ever even think of? I mean, I how how does that uh, that spectrum work? Because we've talked a lot over the years about the idea of right. when the good plays come out. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it it's it's <laughs> you have to wait another month. Um but hmm. no, it, it's a it's a great point, Josh, because you could argue that yes, the standardized Andy replays are better than perhaps some teams standardized plays because you have Patrick Mahomes and mm-hmm. you know, if the offensive line is um operating at a high level, then yeah, th- those plays are elevated just on their own. Um now you could put some stuff on tape to set some stuff up for like, you know, the the Seahawks or the Broncos in that rematch. Uh, so you're trying to two you're trying to do two things in one. Um I would like to remind people that when they started to do that this season, that was week three against the Indianapolis Colts. So mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I usually don't bleep around with the ASC South anymore, but I apparently have not learned my lesson for this team. I'm not sure they're gonna go to that degree. Also, it's a little bit different because it's early in the year, and mm-hmm. um, you know, you would think that the special teams is a little bit more in order now. Um, in that, you know, Chris Jones is not going to get like a game altering penalty. Um, so, even with all that said, the coaching staff could come to the argument on the offensive side and say, like, well, we had enough good quality plays to like win that game, and that is to a point fair because. Travis Kelsey was wide open in the end zone, and he dropped the pass. Um, one of the weird trends this season is, like, when Travis Kelsey has made a mistake that is, you could say, of significant, or um, when Von Miller's on the field, you know, mm. beating the living you-know-what out of him, um, or certain points are the, 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 the Bills have made it a point to beat the living daylights out of Travis Kelsey, they, they've lost those games. So, I, I want to say that there'll be a couple – Real plays in Josh, just because um, I think mentally, and I and now I wish we, dang, I wish you had told me this because then I would have asked Eric Bieniemy this. But I I do yeah. get the sense that like you have to have 
some uniqueness to this game plan because it does keep everybody engaged from a mental yeah. standpoint. Um, and knowing that, you would think um, Andy Reid, Eric Benamy, Matt Nagy, they've all got these plays that they can use at their disposal. And you might just look up and say, hey, it's week 14, week 15. We haven't used this yet, but we think it's good. And we kind of ran it in training camp or we, we, we at least installed it and guys kind of know what they're supposed to do. So I want to say that there will be real plays, but I also think they should just use as many of the guys on the roster as possible if the game script goes that way, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, I yeah, I think that that feels like a safe, reasonable middle ground because there there is something to just hitting ask Madden every play that I think I think you're onto it. Like I, that seems like a bad way to put your body out there, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, playing, I, I've I've dipped back in. I, I got Madden 23 on the Steam Deck. Ooh. So then being able to been able to play it in handheld mode, it was on a sale, you know. And I oh, bought of course. A new like, by forever. the way, hey parents. Don't buy Madden when it first comes no. out. That's 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 hustling all the way backwards. You want to tell yes. your kid, hey, you want you want to know about this Tecmo Bowl? Throw there that out. Is. Throw that out in September, and then you work your way back up. And then you're like, oh, guess what? It's Black Friday, and wow, this is cheap or cheaper. That and and the reviews on every Madden game for the last like decade have basically been this is just a reskin of the previous game <laughs> with like one new thing, and maybe it's worse. Uh, but I hadn't bought a new Madden game in like a decade. So being able to play in handheld mode has been awesome. I'm, I'm nice. enjoying that. I'm, in my, I'm deep in my franchise mode. Now, really, your dad inspired me to dip back in. Hey. Because listening listening to him talk, I had bought it shortly before that episode. But, oh, really? Uh, okay. I've, yeah. I, I've now, I've now played timing. it. Perfect timing. Oh, could not have been better. Really, really encouraged my my old Madden addiction back. Um, so I did, start a, I did start a fantasy franchise. And um, I was playing as the Chiefs. So I was picking late in the fantasy draft. And so all the good quarterbacks were gone. And so I just kept building yeah. out my roster. And then eventually I got far enough left that there was only one quarterback remaining with like a, an overall rating, even in the seventies. And so my quarterback for that season was in fact, Matthew Ryan. Wow. Matthew it went. Ryan. Okay. We were a playoff team. <laughs> and then I drafted one of the rookies in the immediate upcoming draft. So uh, so you're saying that's what the Colts gonna do? So, so no, so what I'm what I'm saying is that whenever I realized that Matt Ryan was my quarterback, I made the decision to go ahead and just sim every game because I was more interested in the, I was more interested in the front office side anyway, and I was yep. like, I'm not I'm oh, not gonna man. go out there and play this manually with Matt Ryan throwing to Jamar Chase. That's gonna make me sad twice. So uh <laughs> Matt you can just sim Ryan, the game. Former MVP yeah. yeah. I love this sport. I, re- it's, I really dude, do the best. Guys. It's the oh. best. Uh, so I, I've been having a great time doing that, but um, it it just reminded me like this would be a game that I would like to just hit sim and then see like all right thirty one thirteen nobody the got hurt cool give me the box yep. score <laughs> yep I, and even just even just we uh, we didn't lose any any playoff positioning and uh, and got the dub and nobody got seriously injured it was like good enough for me uh, but you but you can't actually do that like Travis Kelsey is going to be on the field in this game and if he's just if he's in in AI mode. <laughs> like somebody thinks he's gonna hit him really hard, and that's gonna—he's not gonna be ready for it, right? Like that just seems like, like an oversimplification. So I think that's a good way of of putting it that you want. Yeah, it, you got to prepare, but you want to get some usage out of the rest of your roster. I'd love to see Noah Gray have like twelve catches in this game. Yeah, for sure. Um, and also they'll have a they'll have a little bit of an incentive too, um, beyond the game itself, just because, um, 
the Buffalo Bills will be hosting the Miami Dolphins on Saturday yeah. night. Um, there's a projection for snow. Mm-hmm. Um, give me all of it, uh, yes. I guess. Um, shout out to Mike McDaniel, who I guess wore the t-shirt that says he wish it was colder. Son, so, you going to get that wish. <laughs> no kidding. And me around <laughs> Buffalo, I can't remember who it was, but one of those guys was literally wearing a parka under his practice jersey. I mean, oh. <laughs> hey, get that cardio. Hey. Tua, Tua saying it snowed in Alabama one time it was when I immediately what? thought, like, whatever, on, whatever the Bills are favored by is double it because because Buffalo snow and Tuscaloosa snow are not the same. This Did he really try to compare yeah. one, one snowstorm in Alabama to what are you about to see up in Buffalo? Okay. Yeah, to the, to the, <laughs> okay. the what's it called? The lake effect? So there's a different, I think I'm missing a third right. word of that. Uh, yeah, um, not... Not the same. Tua Tonga Bailoa downplays snow in Buffalo. Quote, it snows in Alabama. (laughs) Not like this, it doesn't. Well, I I look forward to watching that game. Um, But depending on the either no matter how the outcome of that game goes, I'll be motivated if the Dolphins um, beat the Bills for a second time this season. The Chiefs Mm -hmm. will get back to what, Josh? Controlling what? Their own destiny. Which, can we just stop saying that? <laughs> yes, it's a dumb <laughs> phrase. It's overplayed and factually incorrect. Inaccurate? Hey, the Houston Texans control their own destiny Sunday, too. That's um, true. You know, hey, shout out Maybe to more so than the Chiefs. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. No, we really control our own destiny. <laughs> Don't you worry, CJ Stroud. Don't you worry. <laughs> we're, we're coming. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right there. Um, is the, is the, by the way, this is ter- this is terrible. Is the S is the USC quarterback? Is he draft eligible? Is Caleb Williams eligible? No. Is he eligible? No. He's not. No, he's got another year. Well, you can control your destiny two years if you want. <laughs> the, the Texans, the Texans really are the closest team in football to hitting the sim season button. Like you told Lovey Caleb Smith. Will- oh, Caleb Williams is coming back next year. Yeah, he's he's not. Oh, he was a sophomore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a oh, that actually makes I I didn't. Okay, so like the Heisman was like kind of on the background when I was out in Denver, but I I thought he was a well. It tells you tells you what I know. He's he is enjoyable to watch. They couldn't block for him in the Pac-12 championship. Um, yeah, yeah. You little, little Utah getting revenge on behalf. Of they, I called them O Utah to Todd Lebo, uh, oh, man, sooner who has really been burned by the Caleb Williams Lincoln Riley thing. Them young men really ate some. Potatoes that week. They could not <laughs> block them. Oh, oh, uh, but man, I got man, I gotta watch Caleb Williams one more year at USC. All right, I mean, cool. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, I mean, I get it, but like, dang, dog, dang. And by the way, this is really this is this is me really learning this. <laughs> I have not turned the page to the draft, young no. man. I'm sorry. No, I don't. A season no one to be played. No one should come to this show expecting draft oh, content God, no. until the season. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. We will we'll start like stealing Dan Brugler's notes and stuff oh, when that happens. I, but I love I love talking to Dan at the combine because he knows how to like summarize it and synthesize it for you and your team in a way that is just like Mwah. But he don't need to hear from me right now. No. No. Why? No. Why? Get out of here. This is that that was the life of a Chiefs fan. At some point, we're like, all right, we're, you know, we're two and seven. Let's start looking at third round quarterbacks. 
And uh, we don't have to live that life anymore because we have actual football. This kind, this time, it's just the Texans' fault that we're that we're here. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, uh, so, <laughs> I, I got a newsy-based question for okay. you. I've got, I've got a take about the defense that I can Ooh, run by you. Go. I mean, this is, this is the most avant-garde times ours we've done in a while. Uh, and and this is the the week to do it. Let me let me hit the news the news uh, thing with you here because um, Kadarius Tony been limited in practice. Uh huh. Limited again today. Uh huh. I imagine we'll see that man in 2023. But I'll let you tell me about that. And then also the Chiefs did open up the 21 day practice window for yes. Cole Hardman. Um, it it sounds like Andy Reid mentioned again that he lost a bunch of weight. He's been but he's been out there working out. You mentioned him being in Denver, so I mean it, yep. it seems like he is doing well. We never really got any clarity, um, at least you know fully reported or whatever about what exactly was going on with Hardman. He might tell us when he talks. Yeah, next. I don't know. yeah. The, um, yeah if but anybody's going to tell us, it's going to be um, it's going to be McColl. Um, you know, some people have asked, um, you know, about. Frank Clark's situation, and we've asked him before. It's not like we haven't, and he has shared what he's willing to share. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't have that man's medical records, so right, it's up to McCall basically. But he, um, if he does play, you know, we might get some information um, after the game on Sunday. If he doesn't play, then he might still be on that that twenty one day um, sort of window. And uh, yeah, and if that's if that is the case. Um, he's not on the active roster, um, which doesn't make him, unfortunately, doesn't make him available for reporters at the moment. And uh, as we've seen from the Chiefs for the most part, it, guys coming off IR this season, I think everybody's gotten like almost the full window. I don't, the Chiefs haven't IR'd guys precautionarily. You know, Trent McDuffie was out after his IR eligibility could have been up. Right. Harrison Butker never went to IR, was out for a long time. So anyway, I... I'm saying that I don't expect to see either of those guys this week and maybe not even next week, I suppose. But um, what if, if you kind of combine those situations, like it, also with Kadarius Tony, I think the first, whenever he exited, whatever game that was, I Chargers. think Andy Reid, Chargers game. So I think Andy Reid said after that game that uh, either post game or Monday, that his hamstring like tightened back up on him. And now here we are a month later and he's still limited in practice and we don't really know what's going on. At least I don't know what's going on. I just know the phrase Kadarius, Tony parentheses, hamstring parentheses limited is not making me feel great. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you know, they're being like super duper cautious. Um, you know, I think he needs snaps before the regular season ends. 
So you have four games in order to do that. Um, it's tough because I guess the the biggest question is if it truly is just a hamstring, is like how much can he open up in like a full on sprint and then obviously decelerating, um, you know, because he's obviously a speed guy and he's a very quick change of direction, change of pace. Um, it's looking like even if he does play, it's going to be like super duper tight. Um, but it what you mean surprise- his role or his hamstring? Yeah, that's not a joke. <laughs> I'm genuinely asking what you mean. His role, his role. Josh. Okay. All right. I imagine, I, I imagine they'll get him a couple snaps and say, "You good? All right, yeah. we good." Um. Yeah. Now with McCole Hartman, and I have to remind people of this because he's not on the active roster, he is not required to be on the injury report, even though we all know he has an abdominal injury and that's what he's returning from. Mm-hmm. What that means is you don't know what his level of participation is. So just because we see him on the practice field for, you know, individual doesn't mean he does team period or special teams or offense on air or, you know, seven on seven. Um, you know, anything that the team might do uh, to get ready for the game. So um, I would be surprised if McCole played, even though I know he wants to. Um, for Sunday's game, I just think, like you said, Josh, um, Andy's going to let this sort of play out. Um, Andy also was very clear on Wednesday that, you know, it. I guess for him, in his experience as a head coach, and this also tells you, like, how um, different the Chiefs are, I guess, than most teams. They still have one of the best records in the AFC, right? Mm-hmm. Their quarterback is still excellent, MVP mm-hmm. caliber. Mm-hmm. Um they got enough healthy guys so that the limited amount of guys that are hurt can take longer to get all the way fully back. Unlike some teams who are who don't have the best record, who don't have a quarterback at an MVP level, and so you need everybody capable to be on the field. Mm. Um, and I just think Andy Reid's been doing this so long, this is, I think, year 24 of his head coaching career, that – they have built such a roster um, with the quarterback in place, with the with the star players in place, obviously Chris Jones, you know, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, they're like, guys can take more time than they would if they were on, like, I don't know, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. You know, trying to make a playoff run, or I don't know, like, everybody in Detroit's playing. Like, that's the thing that has been really interesting from their vantage point, is, like, Detroit sees it now and um you know speaking of draft crushes did you see that Williams touchdown no I don't think God, I did he was so open Jameson Williams was so open it was a great scheme great play um that's the reason they I mean that's another reason why they beat the Minnesota Vikings but like he's coming off ACL and playing um this oh, early I did see this. yeah this was nice yeah, and so, you know, like, so for those kind of guys, like, they they understand we may only have five, four games left in our season. Well, the Chiefs mm-hmm. kind of know we got four plus at least one. Yeah. Um, so they can be a little bit more 
uh, meticulous in a guy's return. So I'm just trying to give proper context as to why if McCole Hartman was on the Patriots, mm-hmm. he might be playing on Sunday. But because Kadarius Tony is on the Chiefs, he not on the Giants no more. Who, by the way, could use him. Um, yeah. And if he was still on the roster, they'd be asking him constantly, can you play? Can you play? You good? Are you good? Can you play like half the snaps? Hmm. So it's a little different than like what the Chiefs environment is, at least so far this season. Yeah, so I mean, do you, do you think there is a, a grand disparity across the league that way whenever you look at how teams handle injuries? I mean, it makes sense. Um, I, I think at least at least the Chiefs, and this this would be a little disingenuous, I think, if I'm if I'm reading between the lines of of what you've said so far and what the Chiefs have told us before. But I think I think Andy Reid likes to paint it as a pretty binary deal of like we'll talk to Rick and then Rick will let us know. But being being a lot more intentional about easing players back in versus just saying you're good here you go or keeping in mind the depth on your roster or the goals your team has, it seems like that probably should play a part in how you manage things like that. Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly right. And um it really hasn't they haven't it hasn't faulted them yet. Um you could argue. So that that also helps too. Like there isn't like some, you know, poor there's not an example where it went poorly. Yeah. Um but you know it's it's you know it's week 15 and they've uh you know they've they've made it work so far but i'm not going to be surprised if neither one of them plays um and if one or both of them are in uniform um to expect a normal usage rate would be uh would be unreasonable yeah uh okay well so with that being said let me let me ask you what i'm what i'm thinking about the chiefs defense and i i really want to know where you're at with a little more time to kind of sink into it and revisit a little more of, of last week's game. And, and again, there's only so much they can prove against the Texans, but I, they, they could disprove some things against the Texans, perhaps. If I was going to try to make you the optimist's argument for the Chiefs' defense, specifically against the Broncos, I would tell you that upon further review, they really had five terrible minutes. And this this part of this came out from Spags talking today, and more of it just kind of revisiting some of this. Jason made some good points earlier in the show today. And zooming back in on that stretch, whereas I, I said earlier in, on the Monday show that nobody really stopped the bleeding in this game, which certainly extended to the defense. But with Mahomes putting them in some bad spots early in that those those back-to-back drives and the picks early on right at the end of the first half, and then spilling over into the first drive of the second half. That was just a 75-yard touchdown march, and that's that's no good. But after that, I, I would have I would have signed up for give up one touchdown on one drive at the beginning of the fourth quarter and then get your turnovers and, and largely other than that, just take them three and out, make them punt a bunch. I I think there is a a world where the Chiefs defense has maybe taken more of the blame this week than it should have. But I also think there's a world in which the Chiefs defense running out of gas, so to speak, becomes the reason that they exit the playoffs early. So so how do you how do you look at that with the Broncos game almost a full week behind us? And, and what does that impact for what you're going to be looking for against the Texans if they can do anything to, to prove their worth against Houston? <laughs> right. Um, you know, I think that's I think that's a really good um, assessment. I I get the sense that like. 
the explosive play is the one that eats at Spags. That's that's pretty much what he yeah. said today. It was just like, and look, we we acknowledge it on Monday. Hey, you called a blitz? They called a screen. Yep. I don't know what to do, dog. Yep. <laughs> but he's like, somebody has to tackle him, which I think I get his point. But it's just like, the explosive plays are truly what eats away at defensive coordinators. And Steve Spagnuolo's really no different in that way. Um I think what you want to see from Sunday's game is just dominate up front. Hmm. That's the easiest way to fix all their problems and to limit the availability of having an explosive play from the other team. Um, I hadn't thought of it exactly the way you put it, Josh, of like if they lose in the playoffs, it will be because or partly because the defense ran out of gas. Um it's That's possible. piggybacking off of you asking about the blitzes on Monday, by the yeah, way. Like, hey, how many of those are left? How many do you have left? Are, yeah. are you know, if, if they, hey, if they anticipate it and they block it, rookie cornerback, God bless you, but it's the AFC championship game. And, yeah. you know, and that's why I think they have to be a little bit more multiple as we move further, you know, to January and through January. Um, but no, I think I think that's I think that's a really good way of sort of trying to project, right? Um mm-hmm. this game is not really about this game. This game on Sunday is about what can we hang our hat on? And I think that's yeah. been hard for I don't know, fans or for the team itself um on defense because they are so young and because they are very inexperienced, particularly on the back end. And so earlier this year, it was like, well, hey, you know what? They are tackling way better than last year's group. Well, now they have some slippage there. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think it comes down to, like, just being really good up front. And, you know, the Texans are not great on the offensive line. Um, but they can run the ball. Um, they, they have actually shown that this year. Um from an offensive line standpoint in the trenches. But yeah, I, you know, I think, I think what you would like is not, Hey Willie, you don't have to do like the world's greatest play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but Willie, can you be consistent and like above average consistent for the entire duration you're on the field for however long the game is where you're on the field. And before they obviously put the backups in, if that's, if that's what the situation calls for, I, I think, I think that's what you're probably looking for most is just, can I'm gonna just name guys Colin Saunders, Willie Gay, Juan Thornhill, Joshua Williams. This game kind of matters for them so that they can build off of something because they have snaps. But I think, and you heard this, but like the thing Spagnolo is trying to get is well, how do you create confidence if you have good moments and bad moments kind of like you mentioned earlier josh of just like well it was really only five minutes but also they scored 28 points so it's hard for those guys to i think i think spaz wants them to be more consistent which would inherently create more confidence but they need to play confidently sunday so that they can be just consistent against the houston texans what about on the offensive side? I mentioned Pacheco. We we heard um, both from running backs and offensive line today in the coaching department. I don't know if there was – I know there's a lot of, of talk of, of Pacheco and 
Um, Andy Reid gave Andy Heck the, the the credit for that last run call that basically sealed it, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so so Andy Heck got asked about that today too. But we, when you look at the the running game, and again, if there's anything that can be proven against against the Texans defense here. I and also uh, Seth Kaiser still in Florida, but but I think we'll be back on uh, on Monday to his regular rotation with us. Um, I, uh, I I was going through his new piece up on the Chief of the North newsletter about Isaiah Pacheco being this team's closer and what that means and how the Chiefs and Andy Reid need to allow him to fill that role. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him be the opener, the innings eater, and the closer in this game. Uh, but uh, I also I also don't want to burn the young man. Can you so... be Tom Glavin, Isaiah? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I I am hoping that he's out here looking like Bob Feller and uh, come up with the oldest reference I could think of. That's so I great. Met Bob Feller hey, once. That's the also know, the weirdest sports thing I got. Satchel Paige was fifty years old throwing seven innings a game, boys. Um, yeah. Um, no, it's it's. I, I actually like your your um, vantage on this. Like, yeah, get Pacheco going early. Um, you know, have a nice balance. Um, Let's get some yeah. Ronald Jones in there. Also, yeah, while we're at it. come on, Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon has been working he's good. hard, he's and good. he's been awesome. Yeah, but let he's... that man have a day off. <laughs> so. No, it's 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 a it's a it's, I, I think we should walk into Andy Reid's office and be like, here's a plan, here's who's getting the snaps. Um, Mc, you know, McKinnon will be in uniform, but he will be the emergency option, which is yes, what Ronald Jones was last week, coach. Um, <laughs> like, um, obviously Pacheco needs as many uh reps we can get him before the postseason. Um, but no, it'd be it'd be nice to see Ronald Jones because look, they may need him. In January, there are still yes. four freaking games left before the most important game of the season. Um, so no, I, I, God, I, I, I get the sense from Eric Bieniemy that this is a game to get the tight ends involved. Obviously, you mentioned Noah Gray earlier, Jody Fortson. He's kind of been, you know, um, sprinkled in in there here, but he hasn't really mm-hmm. had that many opportunities in a game. Um, so I wonder if they go with a little more two tight ends, maybe three tight end sets. Um, and this also depends on like if McColl and Kadarius are available. Oh, uh, if they're not, then yeah, you might see a little bit more heavier sets. Um, I still think they're going to throw the ball deep occasionally in this game. Um, but I think they're probably going to want to be efficient on red zone and short yardage, which means running backs, tight ends. Sounds pretty good to me. I'm okay with that. Uh-huh. Let's get heavy. Let's hey, make this, let's make, let's bring up the thick game plan ooh, for the yes. Texans with two Cs. And and also, your quarterback, who again, playing at an enemy caliber level, is on the injury point with a right hand injury. Now, is it mm. significant? No. But you might want to hand it off eight more times than usual. You know, just to get that hand less chances to be hit upon or stepped upon or uh, tackled. Um, if Again, if the game script goes according to plan. So basically what we're asking Andy Reid is we still need that 15-play script to be immaculate. Mm-hmm. But, then, but then when you have a two-score lead, you know, hey, Patrick, hand that thing off to Ronald Jones. Yeah. Play action. 
wow, there's Noah Gray. And let that thing matriculate down the field. If this isn't the game to go to Ronald Jones, they should actually cut him. And I don't believe that. And the Houston but I believe might pick it. him up. Seriously, if Ronald if Ronald Jones does not get work in this game, he should just walk over the other sideline and just ask if they got a jersey for him. And you know what? They would find one. Because because he might be the best running back healthy on that team if David right. Pierce isn't playing. Uh and, and I would just this is this is the thing. That that's legit. You want to take the the baseball metaphor. Let Ronald Jones be an innings eater. That that is fine with me. Because I still think he's a really talented running back and he was sort of third in the in the first and second down power rankings because of Clyde and Pacheco. But like it's just Pacheco right now, and I don't want him getting worn down in this game. And Ronald Jones would probably like to put some good tape out there late in this season when he's got fresh legs and that defense across from him does not. And somebody's gonna pay him some money this offseason. Like I that that feels like a win-win. And yes, I know what's happening right now is at the end of this episode of the show. We are here begging Andy Reid to hand the ball off to the team's fourth string running back. But that's that's the Texans preview, man. Yep. <laughs> that's, uh, hey, hey it, coach, you know, you know, I was looking at some of the stats and um you know, I saw Ronald's not getting a lot of work, you know, but you know, everything look, looks good in practice. What you what you think about that? Huh? Huh? No? More passes? Okay. And this this none of this is to say that and we can wrap up here and pick a score and all that. If you got one <laughs> right. if you got one other takeaway, let me know. But none of this is no, to not say. really. This is this is, <laughs> this is a preemptive strike against uh, against the people who will tweet at us completely fairly, and I think for the most part we tried, guys. We really tried. We really tried. We really so here's, tried. Here's my preemptive strike. None of this is to say that the that every player is going to win every rep of this game because that's not true. Like right. that, I do think that this game matters to Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson, whichever one of them ends up getting a bunch of work. You know, and uh-huh. that's been trending in Williams's direction after it was Watson first out of that gate. That stuff's all interesting. Trent McDuffie ought to be out there getting every live snap he can against an NFL wide receiver. That's yep. all good. Yep. There, there is stuff that will be worthy of watching in this game, but it does sort of feel like an 80% of an NFL game and 20% of a preseason game, which, which is why I'm saying, Hey, I want to see Brian cook for the first, this is going to sound mean, but I mean, this is just how I was going to say it. So I'm sticking to my guns. For the first time this regular season, I want to see Leo Chanel on the field. Like I, because it, because I want there to be the logic behind it and to say, Hey, go out there, get some reps. And if you make one mistake, the game's not suddenly all of a sudden in doubt. Right. If the Texans drag this out, like they did against the Cowboys, we might be pretty bummed about the status of this team. When we come in here and talk about it on Monday, but play your first 15 scripted, get them immaculate, like you said, and then start figuring out who needs work. And frankly, at least figure out who doesn't. If that means, sorry, fantasy players. If this means that Travis Kelsey doesn't have a very big fantasy day because he's out there for the first quarter and then you go, yeah, you know what? He's an old man and takes every hit imaginable. Let's give him a minute. That would that would be a joy, and then let's yes. also find let's look, take a look at the future. What a larger role for Noah Gray and Jody Fortson does look like. That that's what I'm looking for, and I'm also acknowledging that unlike a preseason game, if you focus on all of that and you go into that game expecting a preseason game, you could lose it and lose a regular season standing. So we don't have to focus on the X's and O's of preparing for the scheme of the Texans because we're not getting hit. 
I'm sure the Chiefs have done plenty of their due diligence on the Texans. I have zeroed out whatsoever. But in terms of what like fans should be looking for, what we're looking for, a lot of it is like just keep keep the older dudes healthy, get the younger dudes work, and get out of there with a dub. Like that's that's kind of all I'm feeling. Perfect. It's 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 exactly what they um should strive for. Um and look, I mean, it's an NFL game. It's going to be fun. Like yeah. the whole point of this is to have fun. <laughs> there will but be also, a moment where you go, "Oh my god, if that happens again, they'll lose this game." And then it won't happen again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is this is a game where um you know, you you want to play better than you did against the Los Angeles Rams. That's that's yeah. That's a short way of saying like be professional and do your best, but know that you hope to make less mistakes against the Texans that were of your control, like unforced mm-hmm. errors, mm-hmm. like mistakes of your control. Um, you want to have less of those than you had against the Los Angeles Rams. So if they if they do that and they stay relatively healthy, um, and uh, obviously depending on Bills Dolphins, well then you've moved to the next part of the of the race of the sprint to the end of the regular season for the one seed. Um, but you know, they're they will know um Sunday what they need to do to either keep pace with the Bills or to surpass the Bills in the standings. But also they do need to play better than they did against the Los Angeles Rams because yeah. um that game I'm not sure if it had a, a true effect on the following week in Cincinnati. Um but you don't want to feel like you're going into that next game feeling like you didn't play your best. And that's exactly how the team felt. And um, obviously they lost the following week. So they're going to play a better opponent in the Seahawks. So beat the Texans better than you beat the Rams. Yeah. Uh, this game's line is about 14 points across the board. Um, if the Chiefs were playing this game for the BCS standings, I think they win by 30. Uh, in the actual world we're talking about, I, I feel like this probably ends with sort of a silly, like, 28 to... Well, I was going to say 28 to 14. That puts you right there on that line. Oh! I, I, I am not, I am not uh, investing in this game partic- particularly. Uh, the under makes sense to me because I, I could see it being a run this game out more than a rise and fire type of day for the Chiefs. But right. uh, I... This is not the type of game that I have to uh, convince myself not to gamble on because don't do it, for, kids. And, and until we're talking about that Noah Gray, those Noah Gray over unders, it seems like that. It seems like the, hey. the books haven't fully adjusted yet. Oh, I don't I haven't real? seen a fresh line yet. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the only times I haven't um, benefited from a Noah Gray line are the weeks when I forgot to check it before kickoff, wow. and then I always kick myself. By the way, Galveston's only an hour away. Get that majestic white horse on that beach, you know. Get him in the end zone. <laughs> let him, let him, let him feel the breeze of a of a Texas, of a Texas swing. Um, that's that's very interesting. Let's scheme it up for Noah Green this week, guys. That's that's a pick. Find your player props that you like, but uh, I'm not I'm not touching the I'm not touching the 14. Uh, what do you like here? Give me a score because we're we're obligated to, and then get yeah. us out of here so we can. Uh, Get ready for the Texans. Really, I got I got film to grind. <laughs> 27 17. Perfect. Guys, be aware. Uh, if the Miami Dolphins packed Ooh. like didn't park the bus, 
took the bus apart. Um, I, I I won't be surprised if the Chiefs scored less points than the Dolphins did against the Texans in a half. So I'm gonna say 27-17. Is that the end? Is that how the show ends? Is it end, is it end just <laughs> with a sad prediction? Because I feel like that's reasonable. <laughs> Do you have another outro? Or is I really don't. Go? That's the Great. thing. No. And I know no, you gotta that's go. That's fine. That's how it should be. <laughs> or can it, if Marissa's still listening, she can decide right now that how we actually want the show to end is in a prolonged conversation of us going, is there a better way to end this? No, not nope. really. Not, not really. Texas. Not this one. <laughs>